Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here from Photo Biz X and welcome to this special, different podcast episode. You might have heard me talking about the upcoming photography book projects training with Katie Kollenberg. I've been fielding a number of questions about the training, whether it's going to be suitable for you, for the genre you shoot. Does it matter if I do in-person sales or if I sell online only? How long will this take to implement? Do I have to partner with a particular charity? Can I do this without partnering with a charity? What should I expect to make from the sales of the sessions, the book for the photography book project and so so many more (laughs) there's been a ton of questions so if you've never done a book project or maybe you've done one and it didn't work out or it was super complicated what I thought I would do would get Katie on ask her some questions about the photography book projects that she's run ask her about her numbers some of the things that didn't work for her some of the things that are working extremely well for her so you can get a better idea of whether or not this training is going to be a good fit for you So we're going to jump into that in just a second. If you'd like to sign up for the training, simply head over to photobizx.com forward slash book projects. You'll find all the details there. If you register for the training before the live presentation that Katie gives, then you'll also qualify for a one-on-one call with Katie, uh, which is a fantastic, amazing bonus. And you'll also be getting access to all the training and the standalone course once the live training has been delivered at half price. So if you're hearing this episode after the live training is delivered, the cost of the standalone course will have doubled when compared to the live training. But either way, you will have access to that standalone course, the supporting documents, the questions and the answers to those questions that get thrown at Katie after the training, because I know there's going to be some. I'll be adding all those into that standalone course content on the photobizx.com website. That's enough from me. Let's get into this chat with Katie so you can learn more about whether or not this book project idea is a good fit for your marketing, for your photography business. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. I'm here with Katie Collenberg of Heart Story Photography. And you might remember I recently mentioned on the podcast that I approached Katie to deliver some training to PhotoBizX listeners and members on creating a book project, a profitable book project. And the reason I asked Katie was she has done this same marketing strategy over and over and over again. She's learned a ton along the way and she is a super organized, incredible business person as as well as photographer. And uh, I just knew that she would be the, the perfect photographer to have deliver this course. So I've got Katie with me now and I did want to ask her a few questions about the book projects. First up, Katie, hi, how are you? Hi, Andrew. I guess firstly, you know, why, why book project? Why did you even try a book project in the first place? Okay, two main reasons. First one is I love books. I have always loved books. They're tangible and they're, um, you know, they last forever. They're there in front of you. You can pick them up anytime and they are a record or a story. So there's a book passion there already. But the second reason was from a marketing perspective, sometimes it can get a little boring doing the same 
thing over and over again. And a book project is just a completely different way to bring um, clients into your business and to make revenue and to focus on perhaps a something that you really love shooting as well, a very specific thing, um, which is just very different to other ways of getting leads. You know, whether that's for us, competitions are a big way of getting leads, but we also do advertising. We do work with charities. We do work with third party uh, like businesses through gift partnership programs, that sort of thing. But we've never done a book project until 2018. So it just struck me as, well, you have to keep learning and growing in business. You have to keep trying different things. Even if things are working well, doesn't mean you should keep doing them because what if one day this one method you've been using to bring in 50% of your leads suddenly flops? What are you going to do? So in my mind, as a good marketer, you should always be trying new things. And we had an opportunity to try something new, so we did. And since then, it's become a really big part of how we bring bookings in each year. And it's really enjoyable, so... Unreal. Um, so how many book projects have you done? So it would be um, we have completed one, two, three, four, five. One of them we've done three times and the other two we've only done once and we've got uh, two on, no, sorry, three on the cards for this year. So this year we're going to actually attempt to do three in one year or at least start three books in one year. And you've done one of them three times. Is that Did you do that because it was a huge success, because you enjoyed the genre? Why did you do it three times? Uh, it was mostly because we enjoyed the genre or I enjoyed the genre. It was specifically a project that I tackled myself. And it was successful the first time, but I felt that it could be better. And I knew that we were getting the right kinds of clients. So we went on on and did it a second time. And the second time was hugely successful. And then from there, we just thought, let's do this every year. Why not? (laughs) That's the plan. We actually are planning on repeating that same book project until we get sick of it, until we get sick of doing it. Talk to me about the the last book project that's completed. Can you give me an idea of revenue, even roughly? So the last one we completed was uh, called Teddy and Me and we finished that. Oh, actually, no, that's not true. I think the last one to be completed was Babies in Bonnets, which was our one that we've done three times in a row. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, it was So because um, we did two last year, so I've gotten mixed up with dates. So the last time we ran Babies in Bonnets, I off the top of my head, and I can check this, double-check this in a sec, but the revenue would have been around 120,000. I'm going to I'm going to double check it though. I'm already blown away anyway, Katie. So it's over 100 grand from one book project. Yep. <laughs> okay. Let, let me let <laughs> It could me be take... better, Andrew. Like could have been better. I mean, we did that one last year, so we were very interrupted by COVID, and I feel like there's always room for improvement, so we plan on smashing it out of the park this year. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me let me take you back to your very first book project. Do you, do you yes. remember or do you have any idea what the recollection what the revenue was for that one? Yeah, that would have been close to 100. It may have been just over as well. The very first one was called Children for the Love of Children and Animals. And we ran that one in 2018. Um, and that was pretty much set up by, by me. And then I went on mat leave and I left Jeremy, my partner and husband and, you know, a co-director in the business to shoot and sell that one. And he did that over the course of about seven or eight months during 2018. And it was a real challenge because it was our first book project. I was working a little bit behind the scenes, but um, he was sort of on the ground. And I would say it was a huge success because we got there. (laughs) We got to the end and we did make some really good money from it. But we also learnt an incredible amount of things 
that we shouldn't have done and also some things that we fluked really well. We, we figured out at the end of it what we would repeat, what we wouldn't repeat, what we would improve on, um, et cetera. So it was like it was a learning curve, but it was still a profitable learning curve. Oh, it sounds over 100 grand. That's amazing. I mean, I, I thought you were going to say 30, 40, 50 grand, you know, but still over 100 for your I, first that, time. I would have felt like that was a big flop <laughs> for me. <laughs> can, you, can you give me an example of one of the things that you learned that you said, you know, you said you wouldn't do again? Yeah, one of them was around upselling. So for our business is is largely, you know, we do in-person sales. So our business is largely driven by um, making great sales from people, you know, when they come in to view their photos. And there's a, you know, there's no cap on that. People can spend $1,000 or they can spend $5,000. When you run a book project, you are somewhat uh, restricted, not not restricted in what people can spend, but you, you, the aim would be for a lot of people to get a large number of clients through the door in a simple way. That's, that's where I think a book project is quite effective whilst you're still carrying on doing all your other shoots that you would normally do. And so I felt that it was a good idea to offer some sort of package to book project clients so they feel there's an extra incentive for them to jump onto the project rather than just do an ordinary shoot and so the first time we ran it we'd never done that before we'd never created set packages that were for a specific thing that were a discounted package and I feel that that's probably where we went a little bit wrong not we didn't it didn't fail people bought people you know bought great stuff but I felt like our packages could have been better targeted so in watching in being able to watch what people were doing and what they were attracted to and what they were spending and what they were not so attracted to we could use that data the following year for another book project and then it, and so on and so forth because obviously each time you have a collection of data of the same type of client who all came through the same avenue, you can use that data to make really smart decisions about the next time you run it. So when you're running a book project, it's not your sole focus in the business. You're, you're still doing other sessions for regular clients. Like It's not all consuming for you. That's right. Well, it's one marketing avenue and I believe we need to have lots of marketing avenues going at the same time. Our business is quite a high volume business, so we've got to fill lots of booking spots. But I don't see any reason why a business couldn't just solely focus on a book project for a period of time. It really just depends on that individual business. If you were a business that um, wanted to do, say, 60 or 70 shoots a year, you could literally just focus on that one book project over the course of the year if you wanted to. I don't see why it couldn't work. You know, it just depends on your business model. For us, it was just a percentage of the overall bookings. Okay. And just to be clear, like you you said you're a high volume studio, but it's you and Jeremy shooting. So it's it's only the two photographers. Is that right? Yeah. And you're shooting outdoors. You're not like, you haven't got a studio set up where you're bringing people through or you've got both? No, we do. We've got a studio um, and that would be, at times it's 50-50 between studio and outdoors. At other times it's more like sort of, you know, maybe 30, 40 to sort of 60, 70. It, It depends on what's going. And I've often noticed that People need more incentive to come into the studio because our reputation is mostly with outdoors. And I think people are more wowed by outdoors photography. You know, they've seen beautiful landscapes and sunsets and mountain views and beautiful trees and rivers and they are very attracted to that because it's unique and beautiful and our market is very much an outdoorsy type of person. However, filling the studio is trickier and so book projects for me have been always about making sure the studio bookings are as high as the outdoor bookings. So all of our book projects have been studio-based. 
would the book project work for someone that was solely outdoor based? A hundred percent. You could do a book project on anything, any business model, any genre, any topic. Literally, it is just coming up with a great idea that you want to shoot, that you're prepared to dedicate yourself to for a period of time or for a number of shoots and going for it. That's it. Okay. I, I can see where you could have a book project for any portrait genre. Have you, has a wedding photographer ever done a book project? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I don't know the answer to that. Okay, because I'm thinking maybe you could do engaged couples, uh, a project on them, and then that would lead to wedding bookings, but also yes, sales from the engagement. Connection, connection between people. Yes. Um, you know, different love stories. Definitely, I hadn't thought of doing that, but it's you. Honestly, you could go in any direction with a book project. It really should come from something that you really want to shoot first, and or if you want to be really practical about it could be a gap in your business. So for us, the very first motivation was let's fill the studio because at the time that we ran our first book project, we had only just gotten a commercial lease. And so we had a studio space. We did have a studio space prior to that, but it was much smaller and it was in our home. So we had our first commercial space. I was about to go on maternity leave. We wanted for bookings to be easy over the next period of time And so the book project was like, right, let's come up with an idea that's going to keep people in the studio, have them motivated, but also be something that Jeremy really wanted to shoot, that he really enjoys. And that's where the idea of For the Love of Children and Animals came from. Okay. All right. So really you you could customise it to suit any business and any style of shooting or genre. 100%. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) Someone, Someone wants to come in. Someone's knocking at the door. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, I didn't even hear it. Oh, didn't you? <laughs> no. Like it was just do- your face. I thought something's happened. <laughs> it's got to be a courier <laughs> or a delivery. Just let me regather my thoughts here for a second, Katie. So for anyone that hasn't done a book project or only knows a little bit about them, it seems that the photographers that do these, and you're included in this, you, you align or partner with another business or a charity. Like, it, it, why, why is that an aspect? Well, I guess with any selling of any portrait photography, you need to motivate people. I find that's, that's the biggest challenge. Over the 14 years I've been running a business, that's the biggest challenge. How do you motivate people to book a shoot? Because a lot of people think, oh, yeah, that looks good, and then five years later, oh, yeah, yeah, I've been meaning to do that. Two more years go by. Oh, I probably should, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's like very normal. I have friends that have never booked a portrait shoot and they're my friends. <laughs> you know, not that I'm saying they should book with me, but it's just, it's just it's not a necessity and life's busy and so you need a motivation to, to get to book something and to get into it. And that can be the motivation can come in many different forms for many different people. And for some people, the motivation is being involved in something that does good in the world. And that could be a charity. And for us, for our Babies in Bonnets project, I believe part of why it's so successful is because the charity that we worked with, Panda, Perinatal Anxiety and Depression Australia, is such a significant, important thing in so many parents' lives. And that was the, it was the, I guess it's the potentially the first thing they see or, or or the, uh, the thing that attracts them in the first place to wanting to do it, or it's the icing on the cake. It's one or the other. Right. And it's a very important aspect of that project, but it's been an important aspect of all our projects. And often people come on, jump on board because they love that charity or they just love the fact that we're doing something that's, you know, putting out something good that's going to help people. 
Okay, so so what happens is people pay for a session or to and and that, and that basically guarantees they're going to have uh, a photo in the book and that session fee goes to the charity that you're partnering with is that right that's the easiest way to do it yeah yeah. Okay, But it's interesting because as we've gone through the, the different projects, we have investigated other ways of doing it and we have run a project without a charity. So one of the ones that we did in 2020 we uh, that went into 2021, we ran that without a charity just to see how that would go running a book project with no charity involved to work purely on the subject matter and the opportunity. And we're also about to do one coming up soon where we're actually going to, instead of donating the session fee or the upfront fee to the charity, we're actually going to donate a percentage of our sales. And so we're going to try that too. And I think as a business owner, trying new things, especially once you're confident with your format is really important because it could be a missing link or you could find a key to making it even more successful. So I love to take those little risks once I'm comfortable with something, just say, what happens if we just change this you know, try this new thing. So yeah, one coming up where that's what we're going to do. So there's no upfront donation to a charity is a percentage of sales So that will therefore hopefully encourage people to actually spend money with us, knowing that a percentage of that will go to a charity. Got it. Got it. Has, has any charity that you've approached declined to work with you guys? Yes, actually. So that um, happens too. Yeah, it did happen with um, my very first uh, the very first time I ran Babies in Bonnets, I actually approached a number of different charities because I wasn't sure what was the right fit. And because that particular project was so close to my heart, I wanted to be really clear and really sure that I could speak about it in a very genuine way to my audience. And because I had just had a baby myself, it was very important that I directly communicated with the mums that were booking. I spoke to a number of different charities and I finally did settle on the one I wanted. And unfortunately, they declined. And that was really hard to take, actually, because I had done quite a lot of thought. I put quite a lot of thought into it. Um, They just weren't, they were a new charity and they weren't 100% comfortable with me making money from at the project they they understood what I was doing but they just were concerned about where that left them as a charity and I haven't encountered that with anybody else and the other thing is to be very careful obviously with charities because you're not actually working directly with them you're you're you know you're using their platform I guess you're you know depending on how the charity set up might be Working with charities like the RSPCA is really straightforward. Other charities might have more complicated structures that you need to work within. So we've had that experience. We went on and we, we chose Panda and it turned out to be amazing. They were absolutely fantastic to work with. Yeah, I do that over and over and over again. You're going to cover this stuff in the course, aren't you? You're going to, you're going to go into the more, more of the nitty-gritty about approaching charities and... Cool. And also about how it is when you're not working with a charity as well and it's just your own, yeah, you're off your own back as well um, if you want to do that. And also some of the pitfalls with working with charities too, like what happens when you get difficult feedback because that's happened a few times, you know, not just feedback from it's nothing to do with the charity, it's people's perceptions of what you're doing as a business person and how to actually manage that because that's been tricky. There have been some unexpected things that have happened from just members of the public, opinions about whether or not we should be doing what we're doing. Are you referring now to, you know, making an upsell at the back end of the session? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, um, you know, people saying this is just a marketing strategy, you know. Right. How, how dare you use a charity to make money and how to deal with that as a business owner because it's completely, 
it's completely false and untrue. I mean, you you should always partner with a charity that you passionately, you know, you passionately love and and respect. You should never do it just for the sake of doing it. It should be something that is meaningful to you. So I'm going to talk a lot about that and about how to differentiate that and also about how to how to manage it if it does happen because really it's just a criticism and it, and it may or may not be true and there are different ways of dealing with it as a business owner as well. So And I've dealt with it. <laughs> I recall something, <clears throat> I might be off, off the mark here, but was it pretty public with you? Did, you? did you go a little bit public with your response and reply? I No, I think you might be thinking of something a little different. We were criticised for, for not showing enough diversity of nationality in one of our book projects which was completely false because I don't know if everyone knows this, but baby's skin is not always the colour when they're born that it will be when they're a little older. And so it's actually very hard to tell what nationality or background babies uh, um, do have. Not all babies. Some babies it's very obvious, but for a lot it's very hard to tell, especially mixed-race babies, which is, you know, a really common scenario in Canberra. And and so, <laughs> yeah, I was hurt and offended by that because I do live in a very diverse city and our clients come from diverse backgrounds, nationalities and religions. Yes, I did go public on that one because I wanted to be really clear and I also wanted to open a conversation about it in case other people might have felt that too. But, yeah, as far as the, the just the general charity stuff, the occasional bit of criticism is probably quite common and normal. People get triggered by lots of things these days and they can't help but share their opinions with you, just in the same way that some people get, some photographers get criticised on their on their ads, you know, <laughs> by somebody might come in and post and say, Can, I don't want to see this ad anymore, go away, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> the platform, like, yeah, so anyway, I've got some tactics because I know that photographers, we can be sensitive creatures and usually we wear our hearts on our sleeves a little bit and when you go about, set about to do a project which is meaningful to you and then you cop a bit of criticism, that can be quite hard to manage for sure for sure just talking about sales because I, I know that the project does have you know a big, a big aspect of this kind of project for a photographer is to generate income at the end um did you notice a big difference in your sales you know from your first project to your most recent project yeah particularly in average sales so for example with babies in bonnets which we've run three times the first time we ran it off the top of my head our average sale was around about 13 to 1400 dollars which of course you know took into account some no sales and some much higher than average sales but our regular average sale at the time in our business was around 1950 a client and so there was quite a significant difference between what people were spending on the book project and what they would be spending on a regular session and our goal for the second time we ran it was to make it equal and we succeeded and that was really just a matter of shifting the packages honing in on what people really wanted what was most appropriate for them and 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 that upsell process okay so so you're generating the same income or making the same sale value to a client that's coming in from a book project as a, an organic client. Yes, yes. Well, no, not as an organic client because if you look at our stats, I like to break things down into tiny little segments. So an organic client would have a much higher um, average sale than what our general average sale is. But if I um, take an average sale across all clients for an entire 12-month period, so not differentiating differentiating anything. I like that number. It's a really secure number with which to plan. So at the moment, our average sale across 
all of our clients is $22.50. So from the last 12-month period I checked, which was probably sometime late in 2021, that's what it was. So I would expect a book project to be able to generate that same average sale. But obviously if you do segment your clients, you know, across organic referrals, third-party book projects, competitions, you might have slightly different numbers. Personally, I like for my numbers to actually be quite consistent across them unless there's one where maybe there is a smaller session, like a mini session or something that's that's not going to give them the full capacity to spend the kind of money that they normally would, then I would expect it to be different. But otherwise, I really want to see that it's quite consistent. The area where people will always spend more money is organic clients and referrals. I feel like that's just normal. It's probably the same for most photography businesses. But if I based everything on that, then, you know, then I would be probably aiming a little too high for the average client that I made through a really great marketing strategy. Okay. So for the the listener that's thinking about coming in to do the book project training with you, if their average sale at the moment, let's say is twelve hundred dollars from you know running facebook ads for example or a third-party marketing campaign they, they could expect to generate the same kind of sales and same if someone's making two and a half or three thousand dollars in average yes absolutely there's no reason why it shouldn't be yeah what if i'm a photographer looking to do a book project in my local area but another photographer has already done one that's okay you do a different topic There's room for everyone. It's just like one person running a Facebook ad and another person running a Facebook ad. I think at the moment I'm being served around about three or four different Facebook ads from different photographers in my local area and I live in a city with a population of 450,000, so it's not a huge city, and they're all targeting me because I'm a mum with, you know, a child under school age and a teenager, so I'm right in the target market. And, you know, they're all different. They're all different strategies, different ads, different um, imagery. It it doesn't matter. Yeah, I I actually don't even know if anyone else has done a book project in my local area, and I, I, I wouldn't care, like, unless they copied me directly. Right, they did babies and bonnets. Yes, I do think I've actually trademarked that that name, but I do think it's important to come up with your own ideas. There are, you know, as you know, Andrew, ideas are limitless. There are gazillions of ideas and there are so many ways to uh, be inspired by somebody else's idea but turn it into your own uh, and make it your own with your style as well. You know, everyone has a different way of shooting. So, yeah, it's, it's limitless and it's really just a matter of honing in on what you love and what makes sense for your brand and just going for it. Just one more question on sales, and I know – actually, I don't know what the answer is going to be to this one. If there's a photographer thinking about doing this book project training and they have only ever done online sales, but they're, they're good, they're good at their online sales, could they still do a book project and be successful with it? A hundred percent, yeah. I honestly don't think there's any any parameters for this because if you can sell online with a normal session, you can easily sell online with a book project. It, it's just, you know, we'll, we'll talk about packages and how to structure those and maybe people who sell online already have great package structures anyway, so it's just a matter of discounting a small amount to make it, you know, more appealing for someone to book that rather than something else because the real thing is that you want the numbers to come in on that project. You know, you want them to be like, oh, this is perfect opportunity, I have to do this right now because it's running right now rather than going oh yeah I've wanted to shoot for a while but I'm going to wait till next year when I've got more money or I lose weight or you know any other objection that any client can have anytime you want them to go for that right now so you know so maybe the person that 
does online sales and is is doing well at that, they already have some really great structures in place to upsell and they might not need as much help with that particular aspect, but maybe just with the, how do I differentiate this from other work? How do I make it tempting? How do I market it? When you first ran a book project or, or even since then, do you ever, probably not now, do you ever have a fear that what if what if no one responds? Like, what if I can't fill this book? Yeah, I mean, doesn't everybody worry about like everything like that? Like everything <laughs> new I do, I have that. <gasps> but you know, that's just part of being a business owner. <laughs> I think if anyone said that they didn't and they just walked around just confidently, just yeah, everything's fine. Like all the time, they'd have to be lying. Like we, as humans, we second guess ourselves and we're going to have moments of doubt. And especially when you put your heart into something and suddenly you birth it to the world and you have that moment of like, oh, what if this fails? (laughs) But one thing I've learned from many years of business is that sometimes there are moments when you might not be too happy with results. You might think, gosh, this Facebook ad's costing me a lot and I'm not getting many leads this week. Or, you know, wow, I've just had a few phone calls and these people just want to do the book and they're not interested in buying pictures, you know, things that put doubts in your mind but really as a business owner it's it's our job to over to, to come over you know overcome these thoughts and to be confident in our ability to be confident in our you know in our service and the experience we provide and to push through and to just you know develop some really good um, techniques and strategies to to not be overwhelmed by those feelings of doubt because at the end of the day it's it's just it, a lot of what we do is persistence determination hard work perseverance you know you know how it is Andrew <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, With the the length of the book projects, like are are they a year long? Are they two months long? How long does it take? Um, The first one was about seven months, I think. And that's from start of marketing to finishing the book. The, the, The Babies in Bonnets ones, well, the second two were wildly interrupted because the second one we did was in 2020 and the third one was in 2021. So they definitely got delayed. Personally, I think an ideal time is about six months of shooting. And then you might have your lead up marketing at one end and then your book design and publication at the other end. I I feel like it can be done within a year and it's a good idea because you want to keep people's excitement levels high that they're going to get the book. But that said, one of the ones we ran, we ended up extending and running over the Christmas break. So that really extended out the publication timeline as well. And people were still super excited to get it at the end. So, you know, I don't think there's there's a right or wrong there, but I think it's important to be aware that people want the book. And so if they book right at the start of the project, but the book's not going to be ready for 12 months, you know, you might get some sort of, you know, I guess level of disinterest by the time they get there. But that's not, it doesn't hugely matter because you're still doing the shoot, doing the sale at the start. So the sales are happening all the way along. They're not all happening at the that's end. That's right. But there is opportunities at the end to um, to get more sales for the book alone, so depending on how you structure that. And then, of course, there's the really great little um, extra add-on which will be covered in the class, which is about how to really cash in on all of the leads that you've gotten for the actual project itself and to create a secondary marketing strategy off the back of that, which can then generate even more money and even more leads that can lead you into the next six months of your business. So that's a really, really great thing that uh, we learned about the first time we ran a book project. We went, oh, why don't we try this? And then the second time we were like, this is amazing. Go, go, go. <laughs> so now it's actually part of the strategy. And if I gave you the numbers for that, which I don't have in front of me right now, if, if you include those off the book project, you'll be mind blown. 
Wow. Okay. So I'm, I'm pretty keen to hear about that extra little piece. As a hint, can you tell me, does it include, does it, does it involve re-photographing the same clients or is it bringing in new leads? No, it's totally new leads, but they're connected Ooh. to the clients. So. All right. <laughs> Sounds really cool. Um, I'm not going to ask you about printing and book design, but you're going to cover that yes. in the class as well, aren't you? Yeah. Fantastic. How are you going to fit all this in in an hour and a half? Good question. I'll talk <laughs> really going to be fast. longer? I'll talk really fast. <laughs> really, 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 really fast. <laughs> no, I'm going. It's, look, it's, they're measurable steps. It's succinct. It's, it's actually a lot sim- simpler than what some people might think that it is. But the great thing is you're learning from my mistakes. So I can skip ahead. I can, I can jump into the real like crux of, you know, of where we're at. And then if people have specific questions around, but how, then I can, I can cover it. Awesome. Okay. So we're going to open up the class to a, an open Q&A once you finish the training. Uh, I'll be asking you questions along the way to clarify anything that I'm unsure about that I think the listener might be uh, questioning. And in addition to all that, you're, you're offering a one-on-one session as well with each of the participants, aren't you? Yes, I am. Yes. We'd love to, to, to chat. We can chat through your own book project or anything else that you might be holding you back in your business at the moment that I can help with. Unreal. Katie, I am super excited to, to bring this to life. Um, I'm so happy that you said yes. I think, <laughs> and I think it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to be awesome. So I'm going to have more details about that after I uh, finish recording this with you and then we'll, we'll keep everyone updated. And of course, the, once you've delivered the live training, we're going to have a standalone course. So anyone that missed that live training can access it there on the, on the photobizx.com website. Katie, I'm pumped. I can't wait to, uh, to deliver the course or have you deliver it and be there and host it and... Um, Massive thanks for saying yes to doing this. No worries, Andrew. I can't wait too. Yay! I hope you enjoyed that quick chat with Katie Kollenberg of Heart Story Photography. I hope you're pumped about the photography book project. If you've made it this far, there's a fair chance you feel like it's a good fit for you, a good fit for your business. It's certainly not an expensive outlay and the rewards for you and your business could be absolutely massive. I mean, this, this could be a marketing strategy that you run with from this year and you could potentially use this same strategy year in, year out like Katie has in her business. Have a good think about whether or not you can really afford to miss this training. And like I said earlier, if you'd like more details or you'd like to sign up and register for the training and the standalone course, head over to photobizx.com forward slash book projects. Looking forward to seeing you in the live training or as part of the course once it's hosted on the website. That's it for me. Have a fantastic week wherever you are in the world and I will talk to you soon. Bye for now. You're listening to the number one photography business podcast with Andrew Helmich, photobizx.com.